and welcome to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101. Today marks the first episode of the Theoi series. This week, we're going to be talking about the honey-tongued friend of man, the luckbringer, the trickster, the jack-of-all-trades, the deity which first pulled me to Hellenic Polytheism, Hermes. I have been devoted to Hermes before I became a Hellenic polytheist. His statue on my altar is the image chosen for pretty much everything that requires an image, including this podcast. So, I figure it's best to start with him, or else he might get slightly cranky. (laughs) Hermes is the offspring of Zeus and Maya. His mother, Maya, is one of the Pleiades. His father is the king of gods. And Hermes himself is one of the Olympic gods and serves as their messenger. I also like to call him the god of everything because he has so many other aspects. He is the god of luck, of thieves, of the marketplace, of languages, of travel, of messages, of heralds, of communication, of trickery, of wiles, of animal husbandry, of roads, of feasts, of omens, of games, of guile, of athletic feats, of fables, of astronomies, guide and protector of the home, guide of the dead. He is a jack-of-all-trades. He handled everything. I can never remember where I read this, but I do remember reading it, and it is absolutely one of my favorite quotes that apply to Hermes. It said that, If you have a worry and you don't know which of the gods to pray to, give it to Hermes, and he will handle it. This was because if it wasn't under his ever-expanding list of domains, he would know where to take it. He was the messenger. So, Hermes handled a lot. It's one of the things that, to me, makes worship of him so easy. You need luck on an exam? Ask Hermes. You need an increase in sales at work? Ask Hermes. Need help in a sport? Ask Hermes. Safe travel? Learning a new language? Ask Hermes. You gotta lie that you wanna... Go over real smoothly without any problems? Ask Hermes. He's been sweet-talking God since the day he was born. Seriously. His first act in the world on the day of his birth was to steal Apollo's cattle. And he did it really cunningly, too. He made them walk backwards, and he put branches on his feet to make himself seem like a giant. And it helped hide not only who took them, but where they went. So much so that Apollo had to ask the sun what the hell happened. Then, when Apollo caught him red-handed, he tried to lie to Apollo under the guise of, I'm just a newborn baby. I can't do anything. Apollo had to call Zeus in to to help with that. And his lie didn't work. So Hermes' next step was, hey, I'll just bribe myself out of trouble. He gave Apollo, the god of music, a newly created lyre. Mostly because he knew he could never turn down something like that. In return for the gift of the lyre, he also got Apollo to throw in the gift of reading omens, along with forgiveness. That was just his day one. His resume got a lot longer after that. He slew Argos, the monster who never slept fully, with a hundred eyes, who could always see everything, because even when part of his eyes were resting, the other part were awake. And he did that because Argos was watching over Zeus's current obsession, Io. Zeus then, you know, got what he wanted, and that caused its own individual problems, but definitely not Hermes' fault. Nope, he just did what Zeus asked. 
He also gave Pandora her wit and her guiles and the ability to deceive. That Those gifts also then got passed on to mankind. He also instructed mankind and taught them many, many different languages. During the war with the giants, he slew Hippolytus, and he also helped Zeus slay Typhius. He was also Zeus's personal aide and his herald. He also guided the dead from the land of the living to the land of the dead. He granted favors to those who pleased him and punished those who did not. He knew when to fight, and he also knew when to bow out, like when the Trojan War reached the gods and he was facing Leto, who is the mother of Artemis and Apollo. So, for the most part, he was always busy. He was always doing something. His worship spread all across Greece. Historically, his sacred animals are the hare, the ram, and the tortoise. His sacred plants are the crocus and the strawberry tree. His symbols are the caduceus, his winged sandals, his winged hat, the shepherd's pipe, his golden short sword, and the herma, which is a statue with the head of Hermes that served as markers for roads. He has many epithets. Keeper of flocks, ram bearer, Hermes of the marketplace, Hermes of crafts, Hermes of wilds, of searchers, of the games. Interpreter, Champion, Slayer of Argos, Son of Maya, of Mount Cyrene, or Mount Silene, said to be his birthplace, they got kind of mixed up. Immortal Guide, Messenger, both of the gods and Blessed Messenger. Deceiver, Trickster, Thief, Leader of Thieves, Wily One, Busy One, Comrade of the Feast, Giver of Joy, Gladhearted, Giver of Good Things, Gracious, Luckbringer, watchful, glorious, splendid, eloquent one, conveyor of souls, and giver of charm. His worship was both Uranic and Chthonic, depending on which one of those aspects he was under at the time. This means that as a modern worshiper, there's a lot of options. So, so many options to choose from, just, just too many options. Incense is always a great way to start off. I usually go with strawberry scented because of his connection with strawberries. I'll also burn strawberry candles on his altar, especially if I'm not up to or I'm simply out of incense because sometimes my asthma won't let me put up with incense and candles are the way to go there. Libations are always good in the form of clean water or wine. Again, I personally choose strawberry flavored wine, especially Moscato. Or sometimes I'll use Strawberry Crush. I've even heard people use Red Bull as a libation to be poured for him because the Gives You Wings marketing aspect just screamed Hermes. Food type offerings can include all the usual items you'd give to any of the theoi, like bread or grain, fresh fruits and veggies, or any baked goods, honey, olive oil, and all the rest. I also like to offer specifically him strawberry-flavored candies, especially Pop Rocks. I, I think he likes the trickery aspect of those. Or fortune cookies, strawberries, the chocolate turtles, the ones with the caramel and pecan fillings, and prank candies, like the Skittles, that taste like either regular Skittles or rotten fruit. And they're all in the same bag, and there's no way to tell the difference. Or the every-flavor beans, where the popcorn and earwax flavor look identical, and the only way to tell is to eat them. 
I think he likes the trickster aspect of those too. For votive offerings, those are offerings that aren't food or drink or like candles and incense. I like to give him coins from all over the world. In every job I've ever worked at, I've worked with a cash register. And so, of course, this will mean that sometimes coins that are not U.S. currency come to my drawer. I'll usually trade those out with their U.S. equivalent. And then they get taken home and plopped on top of his altar. I also have family members who have traveled all over the world. And when my brother was a Marine, he would often ask me what I'd want him to bring me back. Same way he'd ask everyone. And every time I always had the same answer. Just bring me some coins and I'm good. I have so many coins from all over the world now and they sit on his altar. I I also like to offer turtle statues and the fortunes from inside the fortune cookies and turtle jewelry even if I'm never able to wear it as a devotional act, like earrings. I'll offer fool's gold, flowers, ribbons, or other certificates that come from winning contests, items written in multiple languages, the lucky items like rabbit's feet and dice, or articles of fortune-telling like magic eight balls and the cootie catchers and tarot cards. I also have a UPG which stands for Unverified Personal Gnosis. That's G-N-O-S-I-S. That associates him with butterflies. So there are butterfly paintings and butterfly charms on his altar as well. This specific UPG came as a result of something that happened. Um, One day I was, you know, traveling across, God, all over Fort Worth like an hour away from Fort Worth, but I was traveling all over Fort Worth. And I was looking for a specific shopping spot that has uh, Aldi's and something called a dirt cheap. It's like a a really cheap place to get personal use items like chairs and bedding and shampoo and conditioners and stuff like that. I looked all over it. I knew I'd seen it somewhere and I was looking for it everywhere. Finally, I found it and I got everything I needed and the Dirt Cheap is very flea market-esque. There's a lot of stuff all over the place, and you have to dig to find it, but you can usually find some good finds if you look for it. Once I got done with that, on the way home, as a measure of thanks, I prayed to Hermes and also put on my devotional playlist. As I got home and parked, and I walked up to the door with bags of groceries on me, swarm of butterflies flew. They were all over our door. And as soon as I touched the handle, they all flew. And so many of them, it felt like they were just kissing my cheek. So since that day, I've always associated him with butterflies, which is why there are butterfly paintings and charms and pictures on his altar as well. Now, you can also do devotional acts. Um, Some devotional acts to Hermes can include learning languages, playing games of luck, engaging in sports of skill, especially running, as that was one of his myths and included him in running competitions, spreading joy to others, helping animals, visiting or running marketplaces, especially the flea market types or places that just, you know, come up and pop up for a couple days and then disappear for the rest of the month. 
and also traveling. There are many hymns that can be said to Hermes as well in worship. The fourth homework hymn to Hermes is like super long and tells of his birth. It's like 156 lines long. I'm not going to repeat it here, but I will include a link in the sources because, you know, you might want that. There is a shorter one, though. <laughs> and it goes, I sing a Silean Hermes, the slayer of Argos, lord of Silene and Arcadia, rich in flocks, luckbringer, messenger of the deathless gods. He was born of Maya, the daughter of Atlas, when she had mated with Zeus, the shy goddess she. Ever she avoided the throng of the blessed gods and lived in a shadowy cave. And there the son of Kronos used to lie with the rich tressed nymph at dead of night, while white-armed Hera lay bound in sweet sleep, and neither deathless god nor mortal man knew it. And so hail to you, son of Maya and Zeus, with you I have begun. Now I will turn to another song. Hail Hermes, giver of grace, guide, and giver of good things. Now, oftentimes when I'm praying to him or even writing my own hymns out for him, I'll start with that last line. Hail Hermes, giver of grace, guide, and giver of good things. Sometimes I'll even just use, say, that line as I light a candle on the altar. One of the hymns I've written for him that I'm okay with sharing is Hail Hermes, giver of grace, guide, and giver of good things. I sing of you, Hermes, son of Maya, slayer of Argos, honey-tongued deceiver, swift messenger, whose winged sandals have taken you over the tallest of peaks and through the lowest valleys, traveling over seas and cities with equal grace. Traveler and guide, who I turn to and trust to get me where I need to be when I need to be there. Guardian of the home, I praise you. Clever one, who gave wiles and guile to mankind, and whose trickery is well known. Come and be with me. Sit with me, Hermes of many tongues, as I praise you and pray to you. I turn to you in my darkest hours and in the best of times, for you to guide me through the former, and you have brought me to the latter. I praise you, watchful one who keeps me safe from harm. I thank you. Care and thanks to you. Hermes, Splendid, Glorious One. This specific hymn includes many of his epithets and calls to several aspects of him and is one of my favorites, one that I've used a lot. Oftentimes, I'll say it when I have time, while lighting an incense or a candle, if I, you know, have time, or when I'm feeling nervous about an upcoming opportunity, or when I'm going through a dark time, or as I'm traveling, which happens a lot since I live an hour away from my job and usually have to drive home when it's dark out. It calms me and it makes me feel closer to him. It makes me feel safer, especially while traveling. There are also many, many prayers I use for him in all his aspects. One that I've had to use far too often is Hermes, Psychopomp, Guide of the Dead. May you travel swiftly to the deceased and guide them to their final place of rest. Usually I'll throw the name in where the deceased is, obviously. But I can't count the number of funerals I've been to over the last few years. Funerals for an infant, barely six weeks old, and for great-grandparents, over 90, and all ages in between. 
deaths we both saw coming and deaths that felt like a blow. Deaths that granted respite from suffering and deaths that caused wounds that still aren't fully healed today. That prayer, as simple as it is, has brought me some comfort. On a lighter note, I've also used honey-tongued Hermes, whose prowess and cunning is known the world over. Help me convince them, as you once convinced the King of Heavens, that I am the right person for the job, before job interviews. Prayers are a lot easier for me than hymns, mostly because they're usually shorter, and especially when it comes to Hermes, they have a pretty simple formula. I'll use an epithet, and then add the you know, one of his deeds or a job description that relates with what I'm going for, and a request. That makes up the prayer. It keeps it simple and keeps it short, and it makes it easy to come up with when you're sitting in the car or sitting down at your desk or rolling the dice or lining up to start something. My prayers for him are almost always quick and simple. It's hymns that tend to get a little bit more longer and rambly. Now, like I said at the beginning, Hermes is by far the easiest deity for me to approach. He's not only the first of the Theoi who took my hand and said, Hey, pay attention to me! But also because he handles so much that most of what I would already be praying for, safety and travel, shelter, luck, it's all under his aegis anyway. So, thank you for listening to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism centered on Hermes. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to send them to me at goddessdoeswitchery.tumblr.com, where you will also find a copy of the transcript of this episode under the tags transcript and transcripts, or, you know, just one or the other, either one works, as well as a link to the sources I used. Today, I used the theoi.com page for Hermes, the New World Encyclopedia entry for Hermes, the homework hymns to Hermes, and my book, Mythology of the Greeks, Legends Anterior to and Contemporary with the Trojan War by George Grote. The next episode on February 7th will be focused on Hestia, goddess of the hearth and home. If you have any specific requests for an episode focused on her or any specific questions you'd like answered to her, you know, about her, please feel free to send them to me via my Tumblr. Thank you, and see you all then.